This this is why this is why Neelith has a you know no shoes no shirt that's totally okay come on in policy at the restaurant you know non sexual nudity totally fine. But what about sexual nudity? Is that still fine? I mean, don't have sex on the tables. That's probably not sanitary. I might lose a health inspection grade. But like, <laughs> you know, nudity itself not a not necessarily a problem in 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 the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that's how it worked in the real world? Like, you go to inspect a McDonald's, and the inspector, like, rolls their finger over a table and, like, puts it to the mouth, like, they've had sex in this place. Put that A down to a B. Goes down one grade every time you've had sex. That's why I'm not allowed in Wendy's anymore. God, I miss those hamburgers. They're so square. by Laura K. Buzz most places online. I do Twitch streaming three nights a week. I make videos on YouTube at Laura K. Buzz about accessibility in video games. Uh, I've got some books. There's one called Uncomfortable Labels, which is about living at the intersection of being autistic and trans. Uh, There's one called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. There's just pictures of video game character butts and developers talking about here's why I made the butt like that and me being all smart going, hey, that's that's why I think they did the butt like that. Uh, then June 10th this year, I've got a third book coming out called Gender Euphoria, which is all about just trans and non-binary people's positive gender-affirming stories, because there's so much negative trans stuff in the news. I just wanted to get a bunch of trans people together and say, hey, talk about when it's good sometimes. Uh, other than that, I am on some other podcasts. Uh, Podquisition is about video games and whether they're great or perfect, and definitely not politics. Uh, Queer Unpleasant Strangers is a podcast where I talk about things that aren't video games, like movies, TV, podcasts, board games, etc. Uh, and then there's Pixel Squirt, which is a podcast I do uh, with one of, someone I'm going to throw the ball to in a second. That's uh, all about video game character pornography, where we will go on lengthy tangents about the economy of finding enough blood to fill the sprinkler system in Blade, and also maybe talk about vampire sex. I'm on that show with Mari. Hi. Hello. Are, are you are you handing the microphone? Yeah, I'm to handing me? it to you. Oh, I'm Mari. I'm from the Geek Remix channel on YouTube and Twitch, where we play video games and talk over them. It's not very special. I'm not a video game journalist, so I am allowed to say any sort of slander I want about video games and have no consequences whatsoever. So if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or I guess even TikTok where everything is a shitpost and nothing matters and all of my opinions are bad, uh, please come and say hello. I think all my opinions are great, but most people disagree. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i 
I'm Mari. I'm 2021 vibes. No thoughts, just games. Uh, I'll take it next. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Schicciano. Everyone calls me Skitch, though. I'm playing Aze, the, uh, the druid, uh, this season. And in terms of what else I do, I, I do a lot of the background support work for the Dice Funks podcast, audio per production support for Austin, video posting on YouTubes, and uh, egregious amounts of lore building for beyond well beyond my own reasonable senses um in terms of where you can find me if you want to chat with me about the characters i make about tabletop gaming game music or other stuff in general you can find me on twitter at sketch music or you can also support my various endeavors with my newly formed patreon page at patreon.com slash sketch yes is it just me or did mari not mention slime whatsoever <gasps> oh my god oh wait slime <laughs> Slime That's because Mari doesn't need to. Everyone knows Slime. Slime is the front runner favorite character. Sl- slime, Slime, Sl- Slime is already won the the, uh, the post mortem uh, <laughs> vote anyway. So wait, I just want to say thank you to everyone who drew pictures of Slime. I really appreciate it, and I love seeing what different people saw in their minds. I just really mm-hmm. like that. And I would say thank you very much. Appreciate every single one of them. I save them all to my phone. Yeah, I mean, we love having fan art here. Obviously, if you follow me at Austin Orsky, I try to retweet all of them so you can see them there. Ones we use for like the YouTube thumbnail and so forth. Get shout outs in the description. Uh, big ups to everyone in the community who does like, you know, work on the TV tropes page or the wiki or the Discord or whatever. There's a lot of people out there keeping keeping the show m- more interesting after we're done talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but now I guess I am talking, so I'll say I'm Austin Yorsky, dungeon master, narrator, NPCs. I'm at Austin Yorsky everywhere. Patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky is how you make sure my cat has food. We love her. Her name's Aoife. She's a very good cat. Uh, so make sure she is alive by going to Patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky. And if you don't, she'll die and it'll be your fault. Is that what you want? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That was a weird energy I just brought into the show. <laughs> I don't know what to say about myself anymore. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, unfortunately Blade Two was the one where he killed someone with a vertical suplex. I got excited. I thought it was Blade One, but it's Blade Two actually. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. All the movies are on HBO Max right now. Just letting you know, including Blade Trinity, starring Jessica Biel, wearing an iPod Nano and hunting. Excuse me, you mean starring Triple H and his vampire poodle? I believe. Gosh. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie was so cool. I don't care what anyone says. Good gosh. But anyways, well, well, tell us a little more about yourself, Chris. No. Okay, that's a that's a great introduction. I think we're ready to go. <laughs> say they're a goblin warlock. Just say they're a goblin warlock. It's not hard. Uh, I don't want to commit to either one of those two words. So <laughs> no. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> this is what you get for scheduling a podcast five minutes after I wake up from my nap. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Couldn't you have not napped? I do this podcast five minutes after waking up from napping, Chris. You don't get to use that as an excuse. I function. Yeah, Laura, isn't it like 5am for you right now? Let's say that. That makes me sound better. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes work they hear that it goes underappreciated. Laura's very late recording hours one. The other is Skitch's contributions to the show. I feel like the audience either thinks he does everything behind the scenes or does not know he does anything. So mm-hmm. for the re- for the record, you do some post processing stuff and you're always trying to help. I mean, you control the, the YouTube channel. There's some stuff you do. I do all the really annoying, tedious editing. Skitch helped me um, with my D&D sl- sheet and helping me understand. Hopefully it helps. It might not. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the main thing I do is audio processing to do cleanup, restoration, leveling, and stuff like that. So that Austin's job is a little bit easier for editing and then just managing some of that back channel stuff there and then spending way too much time in After Effects making a title sequence that only matters for the YouTube channel for me and no one else. <laughs> it's good for you psychologically. It is. It is. It's also practice. So yeah, it's fun. Last we left this adventure, uh, the party defeated a Myrmacoleon, a lion-ant hybrid creature which had uh, wandered into the village from the neighboring kingdom of Wormwood, and you had dealt with it non-lethally. Uh, knocking it unconscious with a moonbeam from the heavens. Yep. Uh, then Slime tried to be- befriend it, rolled very poor animal handling, and had a chunk taken out of her arm for her trouble. And now the question is, what are we going to do about this big, deadly beast? And I think we're going to start with our first NPC. Wheel of NPCs, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the person that we're going to learn about. So the party goes to the governor's. Uh, I was almost said mansion, but it's not. This is such a small, you know, tasteful kind of little rustic village. It's, it's really more of a lodge, if anything. While most stately of the, home. Yeah, it's one of the few buildings in town that has more than like two rooms in it. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. But you you approach this structure, um, and it is the, probably the biggest uh, single building in town. I feel like the the farm probably encompasses more square area, and maybe the the junkyard or like the garbage pile, as it were. Uh, but the governor's uh, abode is one of the bigger buildings, and you you get up there. There's no guards or anything. There just aren't enough people in the village for that, and so you all can kind of just barge your way in. I'm I'm very ready for this to be the villain of the season because. An authority figure who gets to make the rules has the biggest house in town, which means that, you know, capitalism is alive and well, and I've got my got my target set. <laughs> a lot of people say that, that like, oh, Austin's at it again with the capitalism, but, I mean, Nifix destroyed capitalism. Spoilers for a previous season. We're back to feudalism, Ooh. actually. Capitalism will not be invented for several hundred years. <sighs> That's right. Lack of capitalism's rad. Okay, I'm back in. A question, Austin. A important question. Do people... Uh, are, are people really obsessed with property rights right now? Is that not really super concerned at this point? I, I think maybe some places, probably not Grendel. Grendel is a, is a very wholesome place, or at least I'm trying to make it that way. We'll see how you all kind of put your fingers into the pie and get messed. This everywhere. is Animal Crossing Village, but like Tom Nook isn't telling us and any of us we've got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. Uh, so you, when you go into the governor's uh, house, uh, you just kind of let yourselves in, you know, just bringing s- snow, <laughs> tracking that into his uh, foyer. Um, and he hears the door open and close and you see him like come out from his study, uh, perhaps in like another wing of the lodge. And you see him uh, not for the first time for you, but the first time for the audience. So I will describe Governor Gigi. That is just letter G, letter G. Uh, if you ask him, he will just say he's a goblin, but it's clear uh, that he's not your average goblin. He has four little horns on his head. 
uh, unusual for goblins. He has uh, fur around his feet and hands, almost like a, a little satyr. Um, he has actually a bushy tail. Uh, he has a lot, a lot of interesting fur designs. He has a little goatee. Is that what that's called? Just the little chin? Yeah. Is he wearing glasses? Does he have the cute little glasses? Yes, he has yes, cute he little has glasses little, on. Little glasses on chin. How, how did you know? Huh? Oh, you're talking about the character. I thought you were talking about me. I was like, no. I do have, I don't know if I call them cute. They're very old glasses, but thank you. I mean, you're very cute, but that's not really what we're talking about, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Gigi has also got like hoof legs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a secret to any of you that that you would say this person is a tiefling, which in Dungeons & Dragons terms means they have uh, some fiend in their background. Fiend could be something from hell or the abyss, lawful evil mm -hmm. or chaotic evil traditionally, or mm -hmm. even neutral evil, the Yugoloths, which no one ever talks about, and you'll never hear that word again from me. Um, <laughs> But that that that's uh, that's something about their heritage that they don't really talk about. It's not like they're ashamed, or maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe get, get to know those characters. Stop asking me questions. Yeah, <laughs> grandma fucked a demon, probably. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> they look like a salt and pepper version of the that hot satyr in Chronicles of Narnia. Wait, do people think Mister Tumnus is hot? Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> There's a think corner that. of the internet that definitely <laughs> enjoys a bit of Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> Mara, your voice was so much, I like trying to hide that you're into the thing everyone's making fun of. No, I'm just talking about what other people said, the discourse, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm, I'm an impartial third party relaying information. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm an anthropologist of internet culture, mm -hmm. so... <laughs> I mean, I know, what was the fucking character from that one Dr. Seuss movie everyone was really horny for? Does anybody know? The Onceler? Oh, you, does the anybody Onceler. Know about that? Oh, yes. Yeah. For the Lorax? Yeah. They got so horny for the Onceler, they made the Onceler fuck himself. Yes, literally. Yes. Yo, yeah, one, one cest was a thing. They would, one cest, They were yeah, like, it, nice Onceler and mean Onceler. They're two separate characters and they have I'm to I'm sorry, fuck. Sketch. I'm sorry that they're doing this to you. Sex should be illegal. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm over it, honestly. Are you, uh, uh, like, the way you apologize, you're implying that I'm the Onceler, which would just make this whole thing just <laughs> even worse. Just, uh... Yeah, all, all I was saying was I grew up in the Narnia books and it never occurred to me that Tumnus could be hot, but I understand that people are into everything and I'm not shaming you. I was just surprised. Are you telling me if you walked out of a closet? Wait, not, hold on. Like not, yeah, if you walked out of a closet into a snowy forest and there was a guy, no shirt, just a scarf and, and no pants, just fur. Like, come on. I think a lot of people, if they came out the closet, would be into Mr. Tumnus. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. That is very true, If you literally true, came yes. out of the closet, first thing you see, hot mm -hmm. satyr. So. Mm -hmm. so, satyr goblins in front of us. <laughs> I guess we're, yeah, from now on, everyone's just going to remember Governor Gigi as the guy who's weirdly hot and kind of Tumnus adjacent. So, congratulations to him. Um, he's wearing a ruffled collar. I don't know. I'm not good enough at fashion to know what that's called. But they, they're wearing, he's wearing clothes that are way too fancy for him. I Like mm -hmm. when I went to law school and I had to like wear suits to go into court and so forth, I felt like I was cosplaying an adult. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of the vibe he gives off as someone who's kind of cosplaying as governor. We, uh, uh, we, found, a, we found a giant ant lion. Uh, verily? Forsooth? Yes. 
Oh, most most uh, troubling. Very. Uh, uh, I, I I feel like I should let you know this is probably important information. It's lying at the front and at the back. It'd be a lot less dangerous, I imagine, if it was the other way around. The reverse mullet situation. No, that's not. We don't want that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the it's got the it's got the bitey half. Uh, you see on the wall behind Governor Gigi, uh, hung up is a big uh, bagpipe, which is the the horn he blows to summon the Moist Watch. Uh, I described it as a horn. The moist signal. I described it as a horn last episode, but then in post, Skitch was like, "What if it was a bagpipe?" <gasps> and he was correct. That was the good. That was the right choice. You're welcome. <laughs> but that is the moist signal. Yeah, he controls that, and it has he has it like hung up behind a a desk here, and he goes over and sits down at that. There's a there's a roaring fireplace, uh, which makes this place probably the warmest building in the in the town. Is the moist signal itself a function of moistness? Like, is there like like when they sh- did they shoot a wet wad of paper out of a canyon? Do you ask the governor if the, if the moist signal is wet? Yes. <laughs> Nay, I say. It's quite quite dry. Ah, well, that seems a little favoritism, but sure. <laughs> how how heavy does the governor's desk look? Um, I would say probably p- too heavy. Like if he wanted to move it, he would need to get help. So if I just drove straight into it, <laughs> Yeah, and just tried to slowly push him towards the wall. Why would you do that, Chris? <laughs> I don't <know>. feel alive. <laughs> I my character will choose to accept this action as a action of support for my wet cause. <laughs> okay, if, uh, Chris, if you want to roll strength, try to push the governor's desk. That's I can't stop you. So let's see where that goes. I got a ten. That's average. So I'm just going to say you bump into it with your wheelchair and your wheels start spinning in place. And it's like you're at a stalemate with the desk. And everyone just looks over at you. And you're not acknowledging this thing you're doing. I acknowledge it. And I say thank you for your support. I would like to cast a spell. All right. I'd like to cast grease (sighs) underneath the desk. Okay. And it's gonna be like Speed Racer. This little little nozzle is gonna pop out of the side of the wheelchair, and just in like the grossest fart sound you've ever heard, just spray oh grease all over the floor. All right. I think the governor like jumps up out of his seat, and he says, "Genius, uh, t- pray tell, what are you doing? Dog experiments." <laughs> okay. So he also, gets out- have you cleaned underneath your desk recently? He gets up and out of the way, and you just you just start zamboniing his desk around the room. Yep. Okay. He looks over to I think Aze, who is maybe virtue of being played by a sketch. I think the 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 least chaotic person in this party, and says, "Good sir, I have to tell you, my first action of governor was to establish the, this watch for the for the village to try to keep." cutthroats and mercenaries from filling the void and a lot's riding on this please you have to not do all of this the i think the more pressing matter while your desk is being moved around in the room is to figure out whether we should dispense with the miracolion uh i know slime has opinions 
My opinion is that I very much appreciate the spread of grease around this very dry and unslippery environment. So no, no, no. I I meant about the, the you, you want you want to have a kitty. <gasps> ah yes, Governor. I demand rights to the cat. I have prepared my home sufficiently for a cat environment. I've collected several piles of rats by now, and two buckets of cream. All of their needs will be met. Ma'am, you say you demand. By what right do you demand something from the people of Grendel? Every time I've seen someone ask something from you, they say demand. So that <laughs> seemed like the right way to go. <laughs> Truly, the, the food resources for the winter have been carefully calculated, calibrated, mathematically solved for. But it, just adding a, such a big creature at this late date, it's un, unforeseeable. It's un, unknown. It's a variable. We can't account for that kind of food increase. With the emulated politeness I have learned from other people, I will say that is my money not worth anything? Am I not allowed to collect all the dead rats? Because I have never seen anyone else consume the dead rats except for cats. Dead rats are not a legally observed currency. They're not <laughs> fiat nor crypto, to my knowledge. If you could find a, a market, a free market for, for rats, I think you probably could The dead rats are for the cat. You could collect some kind of prize in economics if you could, if you could supplant the gold standard with the rat standard. I, I, I feel like we can't gloss over the fact that Austin just confirmed that crypto has managed to survive through Nifix's resetting of the universe. Mm-hmm. Well, demons still exist, do they not? Why wouldn't crypto? Excuse me, Governor, do you assume that simply because of my form that I do not have my own currency and that my currency is that of rats? You just said it was rats. I didn't assume. No, I said, am I not allowed to buy cream for my own purposes? The issue is not one. I object. Of- <laughs> Overruled. The issue is not one of currency or of exchange. It's a matter of resources. That everything, everyone in Grendel has whatever they need during the winter because we band together and pool our resources. Capitalism has not been invented yet. Mm-hmm. And indeed. I see. I must have eaten a capitalist. I, <laughs> I bring up the point that I've not observed any villagers eating rats. And the rats are usually assigned to the cat to consume. And I wish to have a cat. Now, who's going around assigning rats to cats? We're going to need an advisory board for that. Can you say that you have witnessed any villager consuming the rats? I cannot say this exactly. truthfully. <clears throat> so, if if nothing else, I have heard... I, I think this is a lie and a misnomer, but like, let's not tell the governor this. I've heard that... um. Rats can spread illness, and it would be good to have fewer of them running around. All right, so at this point, everyone who wants to support Slime's bid to have the Miramicolian stay in Grendel, uh, roll persuasion. Governor, if you do not grant me this cat, I will also cast Grease. (laughs) At 21. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, okay. It says nine, but it's an eight. All I right. pressed it wrong. So with a group roll, uh, half the people who roll need to succeed. Uh, and we got a 21 and an eight. Uh, 21 succeeds, so the group succeeds. Which, But it's Neelith who actually is the one who rolled really well. So I think the governor is unswayed by Slime's rat argument. But Neelith, you come in and you do a, some kind of persuasion jutsu here. 
I don't want to admit this because I am like the only restaurant in town and I don't want to have to give you an excuse to shut me down. Rats are a constant, constant threat to keeping the food in the restaurant in one piece. Fewer rats means less food wastage. Mm, indubitably. A pest problem would undermine our resources, yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. You don't want me to be having to like serve people a lettuce that someone has, like, bitten a hole straight through. Like, someone has just gnawed their way from one side to the other. Not our world-famous Grendel lettuce. I know, right? With, with the with the center that's the best part? No, the rat's gonna eat right through that. Neelith, your words have touched my heart. <laughs> I'm choked up. It's my honor to grant you permission to have the Miracolian stay in town on the condition that you get the genius of Grendel to stop moving my desk. Uh, I will... Do what I can. Uh, Genius of Grendel. Yes! Uh, Do you feel that you have collected sufficient research data that you can place the desk back where it started um, in order... Can you you stop moving the desk? It it, it help. I am done moving the desk. However, the desk is not done moving itself. Momentum has now taken over. Well, now that we've solved that mystery, can... We solve the mystery of of what is required to stop momentum. You should first solve the mystery of not getting crushed by the desk that is now sliding across the floor. I mean, I can float. I've solved that mystery. But you, you're so big and strong with your big robot arms that you've got to, to do stuff with. Wouldn't it be impressive to show off to the governor just how strong your science arms are? Well, we should specify because you are a goblin, uh, illithid, a squidling. So you're you're small like a goblin, and your levitation powers are only strong enough, kind of, to lift your legs off the ground so that you can quickly scuttle with your face tentacles. You can't actually fly. I I I knew I could only levitate, but I was hoping at least table height. Yeah, let's say you get advantage. Okay, I'll take it. So roll twice, take the higher. A uh, dexterity. Yeah, everybody but the genius of Grendel, dexterity, because here comes the desk. I'm going to roll for the governor. Uh, minus one. Fourteen. <laughs> wow, he's good. Uh, Twenty-two. I rolled a, uh, I rolled a ten. All right. Yeah, I was only looking for a ten. Everyone succeeds except for Slime, who takes two damage. And uh, Mari, how do you react to getting hit by the desk? I assume just completely placid-faced. No response. No response. Wonderful. So it slams into you. Uh, the second thing I wanted to say is uh, I just came up with the idea for a mechanic, which is uh, every time the genius of Grendel does an experiment, roll intelligence, Chris, and uh, we're going to improv what you've learned from this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got a 16. I feel like I feel like they've learned a great lesson from all this over how to create uh, ballistic missiles, basically. Uh, yeah, okay, so you've succeeded on this. I think maybe add to your features something like, uh, what, what's a good advanced grease? Uh, yeah, I would say, uh, kind of like almost like a real cannon, but with grease, effectively, kind of idea, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not that, it's not as strong as a rail cannon, but yeah, so basically, not the yet, idea is, but <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think grease is going to be more effective for you than it would be rules is written going forward. <laughs> Better grease. Got it. It's in the Final Fantasy tradition. There's Grease, Greasa, and Greasaga. Greasaga, yeah. yeah You've only reached Greasa. You'll have to do an advanced experiment to get Greasaga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so at, now Slime gets bonked by the desk, and the governor says, close enough, perhaps. Uh, you need to go speak to Farmer Applewhite about our food reserves. The rats, I mean, I'm terribly excited. Uh, all can agree about the, the rat situation being taken care of, but the, the animal's going to require more food than that. So please check in on our store situation. All, all the people in the village are counting on our reserves to hold out. Now you can clean where the desk was. Austin, is this you just really transparently trying to have an excuse that we can't just befriend every single person that comes to town because there's limited food? Are you trying to stop us doing the thing we do every season where everyone is our friend and moves in? Can we eat the strangers? No, I'm really not trying to, to stop you from doing anything. If anything, what I'm trying to do is present Grendel as kind of a utopian situation where you're not having to cut people's throat for nickels. It's because we do we talk a lot on the show about the vile, evil hand of capitalism, and this yep. is kind of a, a almost you know a, a, an optimistic look at how a world could be where we share. Everyone all has what they need. That's lovely. Huzzah! Unwilling to share the pleasure of having a pet. <laughs> Is this going to be like the scene from the first Jumanji where like we eventually just open the door and there's just a lion hanging out, just sleeping around? I hope so. I love Jumanji. Every time it wakes up, I throw a rat at it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. So uh, the party needs to go to the edge of town to visit Farmer Applewhite, who is another NPC, the second, I think, final one we're going to meet tonight uh, to talk about food. This This is the one that my character knows. Yeah, if you saw the the character sheets I uploaded at patreon.com slash you could look at Neelith's sheet and see in her bonds, one of them is the farmer in the town. Uh, so you, you two are close. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Well, I think I think it makes sense, obviously, when you, you work in food prep and, you know, there's someone in town who grows a lot of food. We've got a lot, spend a lot of time chatting together about, you know, the best kind of crops. How you get that that real good sweetness out of your carrots, you know? Just just food friends. Just go got my lovely food friend. Uh yes. Yeah. So uh the farm is at the very bottom of the village, the the furthest away from the peak. Um, because although the farmer does grow, you know, cold resistant crops, magical fruits and vegetables we don't actually have in our world, uh they <laughs> st- And carrots. I've said that carrots and lettuces yeah. exist, so those those are canon. <laughs> Uh, it's still the, the cold at the upper part of the mountain is so, so intense. Even magical fruit and vegetables might have some difficulty. So this is the edge of town. I should, I should say, uh, there's probably some barbed wire fence you gotta, you see on your approach. Does anyone want to do or say anything as you walk up to the farm? It's a, it's a real friendly vibe. You know, I am a little surprised that there's such a concern about food. Mm. Can't they not just make food with magic? Sorry. Science! There are people who know how to how to do that. Um I mean, it never tastes as good. Like for for me, I'm I I do not know I, I don't think I could make any kind of interesting meals out of food that is nutritionally valuable but has no flavor or texture. But is that not the only point of food? Oh, you are missing out on so much of the point of food. Food Sure, food is necessary for life, but food is necessary to live too. Oh. Genius sounds like me when I was thinking about doing Soylent. I was like, I am a productivity machine. I don't require real food. And then I, I was like, I, I did Soylent. It's awful. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely. Um, 
Aze is going to interject and say, indeed, uh, indulging appropriately in the senses brings life to one's life. And I will say that your, uh, that stew that you provided the other day after we dealt with the Miracolian was absolutely stunning. I'm, I mean, it's literally just stock and vegetables, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> An interesting thing about illithid biology is that to survive, traditionally, they need to eat brains. Uh, now, you eat vegetarian brains in a, you know, a recipe passed down from lost generations where you're able to, through magic and chemistry, create something brain tissue like enough to you know, feed on that, yeah. but you still require the second part of the brain, which is the thoughts and the memories inside of brains. That's another thing illithids feed off is literally like the intangible part of minds, uh, which uh, it was a difficulty for mind flares in our setting until someone figured out that basically friendship is kind of a good yeah. uh, substitute for that. And so I mean, if everybody stayed in their cabins and just ate magical berries to survive, no one would come to your restaurant and you, your actual nutrition would suffer from the lack of psychic energy that you literally feed on. This is it. You know, I, I can I can eat food to survive, but what I need is, you know, people coming in and having happy, bringing their happy conversations and stories so I can just sit at the corner of the room like, mmm, tasty positive experiences. <laughs> what about alternatively? You had things in your restaurant that exploded, and people could watch them explode, and then they would look up into the ceiling, and you could drop the berries on them. Uh, I mean, you know, at special occasions, we occasionally have these little plastic poppers where you pull the string and a very small contained explosion happens and some paper comes out. Meredith, may I create a corner of your restaurant that has an explosion and then drops berries on you? You know what? Maybe swap out the berries for something that isn't part of the, like, the use-uppable food supply. I think we could definitely get some people in for a Friday night explosion and stuff falls on you. Like the dead rats? I mean, again, maybe not the dead rats. I don't want to lose the, 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 the health grading rating. Um, I do need the dead rats. I need them. Yeah, do we have anything that's, like, not dead and not a perishable resource that we need to keep the town alive? Grease? No. <laughs> I think grease could be fun. I would love if I was at a restaurant and suddenly there was a bunch of explosions went off and sushi just rained from the ceiling. That would kick ass. Sounds like that would be a feature on like the old Nickelodeon amusement park. <laughs> how's, how's this for a compromise? Explosion? What about blood? Oh, no, no, no. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Explosion? <laughs> and then food rains down from the sky, but literally only the amount for your single serving portion that you ordered. Like your meal falls from the sky onto you. That could work. There is potential there. I will draw up blueprints now. <laughs> as long as you can ensure the, the explosion is contained while still visible, but also not going to damage anyone in there or the walls. Sure. Emulated food does require, does meet all my nutritional needs. However, it lacks the sweet bitterness of life where I get to experience emotions for a brief moment. I know, I know. I, I thought I'd almost gotten there when I, I, I tried making you that dessert. The eaten hypothalamus. E eaten mess. Eaten hypothalamus. Is this a British food joke? Oh, do you not have eaten mess as a food in America? Absolutely oh, not. Oh no, my first, my first brain food <laughs> pun of the night, and it's a British thing. There's a dessert called eaten mess. Never heard of it in my life, but I'm very excited. 
Well, that's a swig and a miss. I'll Berries keep going. and cream? I mean, basically, it's got meringue and stuff in it. Um, oh. it, It's strawberries, meringue, and whipped cream as a dessert. Kind of looks like a parfait. Go on, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit it out the park for the next pun, don't worry. I've got a lot of them tonight. It is commonly believed to originate from Eton College and assert the annual cricket match. Come on, this is the most British thing in the world ever made. Gosh. I mean I just cricket. Didn't think, I, I, I recognized it as soon as you asked, I was like, oh god, this is an Eton College thing. <laughs> I didn't think about that at the time, okay? It's just a thing that seems very well known to me. I'm British, there you go. Episode 2 confirmed. Secrets out, Laura's British. This reminds me, someone's, someone's like, how do you like Pennsylvania? Because I have moved there from Florida, where I lived my entire 30 years so far. And I was like, it's pretty good. I do miss alligator, though. I really want to eat an alligator. And then I realized what a stereotype I was. And it was great. Oh man, alligator is good though. It is real good. This is just reminding me of that. That I think it was the last season where all of you just talked about American businesses that sounded un unreal. <laughs> oh, you mean the gas stations we like to eat at? Y- yes. Oh yeah. The over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a very Valentine news story earlier where uh, an armored car drove through some lady's house, and <laughs> the government was like, "Yeah, that's your problem." <laughs> I think oh, they no. also might have thrown an explosive through her window. Oh, it was just no. like, this is not our issue, lady. Did Wawa do it? I'm curious with the transition between the two stuff. Just the very just American Very thing. American, oh. yeah. It's a super American, yeah. Because I was like, is Wawa attacking people now? Like, we heard you said some shit about sheets being better. Well, guess what? You're not getting your hoagies. Also, I just firebombed your living room. <laughs> Uh, so I think at this point, as you're walking up to the farm, uh, the genius of Grendel and Neely are talking about their new vertical uh, food delivery system, patent pending, where your meal will come down from the ceiling uh, to your table. When something rolls up to you at a kind of a leisurely pace, like almost like just someone like you know dropped a basketball and it rolled in your direction, mm-hmm. it's maybe a bit bigger than a basketball. It has a kind of mottled appearance, almost like a boulder, kind of boulder colors. It looks very hard. Um, but it rolls up to the group and it just kind of stops dead suddenly. Hmm. I would like to put on a pair of spectacles. Okay. And the spectacles uh, cast detect magic. Sick. Uh, so in the universe, did you invent spectacles again? Or is that just uh, you just added the detect magic? Uh, I can cast detect magic without expending like basically at will. So I just like to think that uh, the genius, they have like basically like kind of like tiny opera glasses that they hold up and they look through them. So this is one of your eldritch invocations. Yes. Sick. Warlocks are cool. Yep. Um, Yep. You use detect magic and look at this rock or what appears to be a rock and it has zero magic, not a single bit of magic. Do I recognize this rock? Uh, Nature check. Nature. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I'm. Not as good as that as I'd like to think, but that's a 16. Very good. Yep. Uh, with a 16, you know this is actually a creature. This is an animal. It's called a tum-tum. Oh. T-U-M-T-U-M. They look like rocks uh, in their normal form. They roll and they bounce. Uh, they are—they look like rocks, but they're actually extremely profoundly soft. <sighs> Does it have a stomach so that you can pet the tum-tum on its tum-tum? Uh, I think only Aze knows that they they don't actually have what you might think of as a stomach. Oh. Um, 
But I think there there are a lot of parts of it that are very pettable. It's false um, advertising. Can't do that to me, Austin. <laughs> so we get to have a pet rock. So Aze is going to give a sort of a curious little glance. Um, move towards the tum-tum and kneel down. Uh, and as he does so, he sort of basically reaches into his little messenger bag and pulls out some small bit of food of sorts almost and uses it to cast uh animal friendship on the tum tum what's animal friendship do you read that to the <clears throat> so animal the friendship class? <laughs> yeah animal friendship is a spell that a druid can cast that allows them to try to convince a beast that they mean it no harm so uh question number one austin does is the tum tum's intelligence four or higher uh that's an animal i think it's just so standard they have three intelligence Right. So then it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw uh, against 16. Yeah, I absolutely think this is going to fail. Two. Yeah, the Tum Tum absolutely thinks you're its best friend. Yeah. So basically, it, it effectively is charmed to Aze for 24 hours or until one of us harms it, which, you know. Yeah. And so Aze pulls out like some morsel of food and like sets it before the Tum Tum. And allows it to approach the food in order to indicate it. And so he just sort of murmurs some soothing words at it. Yeah, you lay some food on the ground and the tum-tum kind of unfurls a little bit. It has a trunk, which it wraps around its body. It's like very spherical body that you almost can't see it until it unrolls this trunk a little bit. It's not like a full elephant trunk. It's like um, it has this little trunk and it snuffles at the food. Uh, it does not have a mouth that you can see, but when it sniffs the food, the food gets gray. Hmm. As if, I mean, you rolled a 16 on your nature. I think you know that this thing purely feeds on smells and basically eats the smell out of things. Yeah. Um, while this is going on, um, Neelith is going to cast Speak with Plants. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a simple spell. Plants come to life. I can have a chat to the plants. So I'm hoping there's, you know, when near when near the uh, the the farm, I can just, you know, get some fantasy carrots because apparently we're not doing actual fruits and vegetables. We can do a combination, whatever. Yeah, whatever our minds can conceive of. Okay. Um. Some some fussled sprouts. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're really stretching here this season. I think. Uh, pop up out the ground, and I'm just like, hey, uh, is uh. Is Appleway around? Uh, all right. So Neely, so you're, we're all standing at basically the the barbed wire fence, and you're waiting for the, the farmer to walk by so you can get her attention. Uh, you cast talk to plants on some, some nearby fossil sprouts, and I think <laughs> they all just start screaming. Ah! <laughs> Life is pain. Nothing means anything. <laughs> the void is calling. The darkness. Darkness. <laughs> Austin, did you allow me to take this spell only for the plants to only scream at me? <laughs> no, I think after a moment they acclimate, as we all do, to the terror of living, and they're like, ah, hey, hello, hi, hi, I'm sorry, sorry about I... that, being conscious is a terrifying ordeal. <laughs> oh, it is, it is, but don't worry, if you would prefer, you can go back to the sweet embrace of nothingness, at, you know, very shortly. Wait, it doesn't get better? It's just terror and then you die? <laughs> no, no, hey. You're pretty rad. Well, as long as nobody eats me, I guess that's fine. 
you're, you're pretty rad. And then, um, you know, points over to a different root vegetable. They're rad-ish. You're pretty rad. <laughs> the radishes start booing. <laughs> We've heard that one. You've been alive for like two minutes. How have you heard that one? <laughs> That's how bad it is. You've only been alive for two minutes and we've heard it. Oh, do you know we have Apple Whites around? <sighs> yep. Uh, I think we. I think the artichokes saw her last. We'll have them spread the message to the core and it'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um. So, you got a couple minutes more sentience? Anything you want to <laughs> chat about? What is love? Um, uh, and Neelith just starts to like turn down the the, the speak with plants just on the fossil sprouts. <laughs> All the other plants are totally chill. Just the fossil sprouts are extremely down. Uh, they're just huge downers. Yeah, Neelith's using one hand to keep the spell going, and with the other hand is like. You know, on like a DJ deck, if you were sliding down the volume, mm-hmm. just like, oh, goodbye. Did you tell them that love is pointless and science is the only thing that matters? You are exactly why I put them back down into the nothingness before you get answer. As you say that love is nothing and meaningless, I think the the tum-tum snuggles Aze, and you see it has two eyes, one on either sides of the ball, like on opposite ends. It's very unnerving. You can't really see both of them at once, but it has like just two big googly eyes on either side of this orb, and they kind of blink at you to look at you with uh, fr- with affection because you use animal friendship, so it looks at you <laughs> like wistfully, Aze. <laughs> Well, at least this one won't be causing any trouble for the time being. Though, wondering what one of these are doing all the way out here. <laughs> okay, as you say that, uh, the farmer starts walking over. Uh, the message was delivered from fruit to vegetable across the farm to some gregarious kiwis who told Applewhite you were here. And you see her coming towards the group. Um, all of you have met her before, but she is closer to Neolith. Uh, she is also a goblin. However, she has a giant in her family tree, which makes her technically a Goliath. Mm. Uh, So she's actually, uh, even though she's a goblin, she is the tallest person in town, I think. Uh, It's not much taller than Aze, but uh, but she is like a tall, uh, soft kind of uh, big goblin. She has a piece of wheat in her teeth. She has like little goblin sharp teeth, but she's looking kind of chill. She has a little... Uh, straw hat on she's carrying a rake as she walks over just uh good naturedly and she says oh hi there hi apple white how are you doing oh you know beautiful morning <laughs> lovely out it is very nice out uh your fossil sprouts don't like the the, the mortal knowledge of existence oh no the fossil sprouts are notoriously emotional very goth yeah yeah, ne- if I come back here and you haven't dug them up yet, I'm gonna have to come up with some kind of answer for what love is. They they wanted to jump right to the deep stuff, and I'm okay with that. It's just, look, it's very early in the morning. I was not ready for it. <laughs> I wish to consume the distressed plants. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. The the sadness makes them all the sweeter. If, uh, it's, I'd say it's something like uh, when you're sad and you listen to sad music, don't <gasps> you know? I... I'm curious now, 
I'm curious now whether th- the fact that we've made them live and then they do- they ha- they don't now. Slime is very interested. Yeah, I'm very curious. Can can you put those ones aside specifically and like put them in a box for slime when you send them over? Oh sure, sure. No problem for you, my number one customer. Thank you, my number one supplier. <laughs> yes, this comp this economy is so complicated. I'm surprised we could figure this out. What with being two of fourteen people in the village. <laughs> I know, right? I, I I dread the day when competition happens and I have to make actual decisions about what to do. So I heard the governor blow the moist signal. Do we have some loitering you have to take care of? Uh, we had something loitering. It had very big teeth and ant legs. Yes, my new pet, cat, which is superior to the rock. You take a lion and you take the back half off and you put a very big ant on the back. Wait, whose aunt is this? No, no, like the the the, the insect with the six legs. It's, it, it, the the uh, one second here. Aze is like trying to interject, but like the tum tum is just you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's being like it's it's like an eager like like an eager puppy, just sort of like fawning for affection, and Aze has to kind of keep it uh, calm down a little bit, and he uh, offers to Applewhite. <clears throat> It's called a Myrmicolian. It's one of the creatures over from Wormwood that made its way over here. Oh, sure, sure. Got myself in a, a shipment of those fellas right there. And she points to the tum-tum. And she says, I, I want to try out the their abilities to kind of keep some of the pests at bay with their snuffles and sniffling. You, you know. Well, funny you should say that. We think this thing that the front half of it is a lion might be good for pest control. Hmm. Lions, if I memory serves correct, are, I believe, carnivorous, and I am made of meat, so I, I am a little worried about that sentence you just said. Slime, you, you seem fairly confident you can get this thing to just eat the small stuff, right? I have w- recently witnessed two instances of offering food to animals, and they have both worked. You just need to give me time. With my rats. Okay. I also believe I am suffering from what some may call discrimination based on my pet. I've noticed that other people simply get their pets and no one even has to ask for permission. And I have to ask for permission for my pet. I mean, your 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 pet is very big with very big teeth comparatively to the other pets. If it makes you feel any better, Slime, I did have to uh, apply for a permit with the governor for the tum-tums, uh, you know... He has a, he's trying to make himself seem like a big shot, like he's doing a lot of work because everyone clowns on him so much because he doesn't have much to do. Ah, he can clean underneath his table now. All I ask is people not assume that cat will hurt them simply because they entered our village and tried to kill us. That's the, that was yesterday. This is today. Mm-hmm. They've had several rats. And from what I've witnessed I've made progress, and they've only eaten three chunks out of my body. Okay, uh, so it sounds like we're trying to make persuasion rolls to get the farmer on the side of letting you keep the Myrmicolian. So I think, Slime, let's get another roll. Last time, Neelith pulled your butt out of the fire. Let's see if you can get it. I'd say is unable to interject because the tum-tum is way too affectionate right now. Yeah. I rolled a four. 
Yeah, I think uh, slime. As you start saying that you know people are discriminated against you and that it only ate several chunks out of your body, uh, the farmer <laughs> looks uh, a little concerned about that. Kind of moves the piece of hay in her mouth to the other side, looks thoughtfully, and several uh, more tum tums roll up. And you see, they come in a wide variety of sizes. There's some that are like as small as like a softball, and there's some that are like. Uh, like Neelith size, like <laughs> almost boulder-ish. Uh, boulder-ish. That was a weird way my mouth made that work. Um, but that, a bunch of them roll up, and she says, I'm not against m- some more exotic animals, but I do have to watch out for my tum-tums now. And, you know, my crops and a lion's a lot of work. It is not a lion. It is a half-lion, half-ant. Named Cat. What if a perimeter was set up to ensure that the cat... Never got out without an alarm going off. Hmm. Oh, oh, that could be something. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yes. I have just the thing for that. Uh-oh. What do you have? The genius is going to start, like, uh, like cackling their hands together, like, curl them around as, like, electricity starts sparking off, and they begin, like, moving around, and pieces of metal start flying into it, and at the end of it, there's, like, a small robotic uh, drone in their hand, and they just kind of toss it into the air, and they say, Ah, yes! That is bloops! That can cover everything! And uh, that is my uh, my warlock familiar. Bloops. B-L-O-O-P-S? Yeah, so like, you know, when you watch a movie, sometimes you stick around to the end to see if they have the bloops? <laughs> yeah, I do know about the bloops. I love the bloops. Yep, that's, that's, the, that's bloops, yep. Okay, so as a warlock, you can take several packs. You can have a book, a sword, or a familiar. You've chosen familiar, and usually that's a cat or a bird. You've chosen a drone, which uh, maybe the audience won't believe the thing I'm about to say, which is I did not know that was coming. (laughs) And so (laughs) I am surprised as you are. Uh, And you're offering to make bloops responsible for the the village's safety. Uh, What kind kind of uh, role do you think that would be to convince... Uh, Farmer Applewhite, that that's sufficient. Not persuasion, we just did persuasion. What else you got for me? Uh, Can this be Arcana? Because this is a wondrous piece of technology, the likes of which the world has never seen before. I would love that dearly. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah. Boom shakalaka. That's what we love to see. 22. So this succeeds. Uh, Genius, pitch it. You are now uh, the madman. You are, what is his name? John Hamm. Oh, yeah, the madman from Mad Men. Yep, that's me. Um, I would like to note that the little drone bloops has uh, a couple different abilities. It can ring uh, a bell or a siren audible within 400 feet to act as like a signal, and it has an immaculate memory as well. So it can recall specific creatures or objects that it may have seen or heard before with almost perfect accuracy. Jeez. And it has this little searchlight on it, too. <laughs> All right. I mean, so you just explained that all to Farmer Applewhite? Yes, this is a pure being of science conjured with the great idea of helping our community get better. Think of it like this. We have become one step closer to a true scientific utopia. Neelith is going to look over to Applewhite and just say, uh, side note, the, the genius said at some point that... um." Food should only be for nutrition, and the enjoyment of the actual taste is not important at all. So could you put all of the stuff that's had the taste sniffed out of it in a Genius of Grendel box? Oh, sure, sure. No problem at all. 
And she's like reaches up to try to get the uh, the drone bloops to land on her like a bird. Does it comply? Yeah, sure. It's 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 here to help people out. Oh, wonderful! I love this bloops bloops. And she's like trying to pet its chin. I don't know that it has one, but she's trying. Um, and the tum tums are like rolling around here playfully. And she says. Oh, this should work fine. We all trust you, Genie. This is a great invention. Wonderful. Um, hmm. As far as the food, the rats, that's a, a snack for a lion. We need something more substantial. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The last of the traders left this morning. Go back to warmer climes. Maybe if you leave now, you could catch up with some of them with their horses trotting down the circuitous paths. If you just go straight down, you all know the roads well enough to get there quick. Um, oh, darn, this only works for one person. Uh-huh. Because I would like to cast a spell. Yeah, what kind of spell is that? Expeditious Retreat. Yeah. Uh, base, I just want to put rocket boosters <laughs> onto the back. And I just go shooting off after them. I, I, I can assist in that whole situation, though. Don't worry about that. So, Because uh, I, I can assist with Long Strider. So we have a, a double threat here to get everyone to move faster. So, All right. So Aze and the genius of Grendel confer about that. And Applewhite just finishes the thought and says, uh, I let some of the traders uh, take at a qu- quite a discount some of the stuff that doesn't live up here so well. Um, I think there's some some fleshy fruit that might do well for a lion that they could have. I'll, I'll need to I'll need to plant it as far away, far away from the mountain as I can, but that'll help. You are a lifesaver. Thank you very much for that. Um, I will make sure to save you something. Uh, save you something nice. Oh, thank you, Neely. Did I ever give you your Tupperware back? There's so much Tupperware. <laughs> if you've still got it, it's yours. You sent over that nice Eden thing, you know. The, the, yeah, the... yeah, that thing from Fantasy Britain that, like, I thought the pun would land, but the customers just really haven't been resonating yeah. with it. it, it no, it, it was delicious. I just didn't understand the cultural context. Oh, it's uh, it's okay, it's okay. Like, much much more of a hit with the uh, with the with the patrons has been the mind over platter. Oh sure, oh yeah. sure, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the yum yum cranium. That's that's been going down pretty well. <laughs> mm. I, I tried. I tried calling it the crany yummy, but that didn't go over quite so well. I believe another option you had was the thought for food platter. Uh yeah, yeah. The thought for food, the the food for thought platter. Um, I I tried having a week where I just cooked everything in brine, so I could it could be the brined flair. Mm. All right, so the scene fades out as <laughs> Neely just lays out a bunch of puns. As as this also fades, I'll indicate that. Aze will, as as he leaves, uh, dismiss the animal friendship spell to not compel the Tum uh, Tum to follow the party away from Apple White because you know it's yeah yeah. And so it rolls back towards the barbed wire fence, and as it almost reaches it, it just suddenly bounces, bounces, and like does like a parabolic arc that gets higher and higher each time, like like a flubber basically, and then it just leaps the fence in a single bounce to rejoin its friends. Hmm. I, I tell the rest of the plants to keep an eye on the fossil sprouts just to make sure they're doing all right and <laughs> let, let, yeah. let them settle back down. Uh, so the party can basically get uh, ready to leave Grendel for a short bit and kind of run down the mountain 
uh, to reach some merchants who are leaving mm-hmm. because, you know, this place is bustling during the summer and the fall. And there's a lot of traders and merchants and adventurers who come and go. But now with the snow coming, they're, they're all packing up and leaving. Um, but they're going to take the slow path down the winding trails, uh, you know, as people who aren't familiar with the mountain. And they're probably with their horses, which are, you know, slowly trotting. You all can just cut right down the mountain. You all know it very well with uh, some checks. I also in particular have a feature that aids in this as well um, because uh, Aze's background uh, is a modification of the Outlander um, background. Uh, I call it the Astral Watcher uh, because he used to be one of the ones that would travel up beyond the portal to look into the new world. So he has the Wanderer feature, which gives him an excellent memory of maps, geography, and so he has just a passive memory of just what the lay of the land is around here pretty easily. Um, also, you said you have long strider. Do you want to use that? Yes, I will be. Uh, Aze will, while prepping the others, uh, cast long strider as a third level spell. So he will, it could affect himself, um, <clears throat> slime and Neely to give all of them, all, all three of them uh, a bonus in their speed to, and by a bonus of 10 feet uh, per round, un- well, per action until the spell ends, which is about an hour. So we can basically get a little bit fast travel for an hour. Yeah. And if the genius of Grendel wants to use Expeditious Retreat to move faster, uh, that will be also a success here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so what I was going to do, if none of you had any relevant abilities, is essentially uh, – give you a couple of different environmental hazards to navigate instead uh let's all roll survival and then i'll take into account the expeditious retreat the long strider and the background feat uh and then we'll go from there so everybody's survival uh five ozzy rolled in 18 slime got a 22 actually slime got a natural 20 Mm-hmm. All right, an 18 and a 22 pass. I was looking for 15, so the group passes. We've got two out of four. That's half of successes I needed. And we got a crit. So crit plus long strider plus expeditious retreat plus background feature plus success. Uh, it's just a formula here, basically, which equals that this goes very well. So you reach the edge of Grendel, and you all start going down these steep slopes. Um, slime, because you have the crit, I want you to kind of paint me a picture here of how you expertly navigate uh, this hill and you catch up with these people who left this morning by kind of cart and horse. I lay down and I just, and then like underneath me is a disgusting like like pool of the yellow slime that's on my body. And then I just... Like this, I don't move, but the slime carries me, just like slithers me down. I'm not moving or showing any sort of actions whatsoever. But yeah, this is a classic toboggan, like a penguin. But it's like more climby, you know, like it knows where it's going. But (laughs) okay, yeah. As if possessed by some kind of otherworldly force, your just unmoving body glides effortlessly down the hill. Yeah, everybody kind of just follows in your wake and uh, easily. F- oh, it's almost like you're painting a path with your slime too, and it's just yeah, it's like a slide. 
and it's perfect because you crit. It's just exactly where everyone else can just kind of slip and slide through your wake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make it down the hills in no time. I think in the in the very far distance, uh, further down the mountain, you can see the people in their horse and buggies and in the distance kind of going away. And you probably won't be able to catch those people because how far away they are. Uh, but after you go down, uh, you know, hills for a couple hours, you come across uh, a cart in the road. Um, you don't see any people, which is weird. I would say probably you don't even see any horses attached to it. If anyone would like to ride my body like a surfboard during that journey, you can. I will look at the scene through my magic glasses. Yeah, let's get group investigations. uh, Detect magic. Uh, I will just tell you up front. Uh, There seems to be uh, magic residue around the scene like if there's not one strong source of magic but it seems like magic came through and is at at play somehow here Mm. right 17 19 on investigation 14 on investigation 17 and 19 the group passes again uh 19 that means ozzy you take kind of take the lead what's your investigation look like ozzy is going to first walk towards the it's basically a horse-drawn cart, correct? Yeah, it's a horse-drawn cart. Perfect. Yeah, just like people going out west. Yeah. So he's going to check the inside of the cart to take a survey of like what things are in there and to see if there's any signs of it having been ransacked or otherwise or looted. Yeah, it's a perfect first step. You look in the back and it's full of stuff. Mm-hmm. You see like sacks of grain. You see the seeds you came for. Uh, Farmer Apolite specifically sent you for these kind of flesh fruits, she called them, mm-hmm. which are like fruits that mimic the taste and nutrition of flesh, literally, uh, so that you can feed those to the Myrmicoleon. So they're right, they're right there. You see them. Uh, you don't see anything that, to your eyes with the, with the 19 looks missing. All the stuff's here. Just no people, no horses. And the the... The dregs of magic, if you will. I think uh, the genius of Grendel's looking at the scene and being like, something magic happened here. Uh, Aze is going to continue around the cart to see if there are any tracks or any sort of mar- indications of like movement away from where the horses would have been. Yeah, so you see uh, horse tracks. It seems like the horses were cut free. The reins have been like slashed. Uh, you see some footprints from the merchants. There's like a, a humanoid. You don't know if they were humans necessarily. They might have been elves or dwarves. Uh, they're around the cart, but they don't run off. If that makes sense, like they ran, they were ran around in the area and then stopped running and are no longer there. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So the horses ran off as they were cut free, but the people who were on this cart who got off the cart ran around and then something. Ozzy question mark, question mark, question mark. Looks up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see uh, snow clouds on the horizon. Uh, the the mountain is beginning to get snowed in. In fact, uh, pretty soon it's not going to be safe for people to come and go. So basically, once you go back to Grendel, you will be stuck there for four months. Slime stands and puts their arms out side to side like in a T-pose and then spins around really, really fast. So all of the yellow ooze flies off of them all around them, like kind of like a 3D print representation. And then it all sucks back to the to the body. And that's how I investigate the scene. Oh, okay. I was like, she's just kind of showering. Unfortunately, it does, you know, hit everybody. But yeah, you know, 
Yeah, so you, you get your slime everywhere and then suck it back in, and then you're like, hmm, yes, I've investigated the scene. Yeah, so basically now I have a 3D rendering of the scene in my mind. Oh, yeah. That's that's great flavor for this. I love that. Um, I would say that the party has succeeded on their investigation, so everything that is obvious has been given to you. Uh, to, to know more, you'll need a spell or maybe a conversation that gets somewhere. Or you can just do something. So everything's on the table. Um... I, uh, Neelith is going to cast Detect Thoughts and see if she can detect any thoughts of any anyone around that you wouldn't expect, that we didn't know was here. Yeah. Uh, so you turn Detect Thoughts on and you kind of, like, listen, um, to the area around you, you think 30 feet, um, and I think you do catch some thoughts. I would say... They're faint, and maybe, you know what they are? They're in a language you don't understand, I think, is what happens. Okay. You hear some thoughts, and they're at the, like, the periphery of your mind. And, um, like, it, well, actually, why doesn't everyone just say for the record and for the audience what languages you know? Uh, just common and goblin. Uh, common, deep speech, goblin, and infernal. Common, primordial, orc, and goblin. And Ozzy knows common, goblin, uh, celestial, and druidic. All right. So you absolutely do detect thoughts, Neelith. Uh, it's just you do not speak the language. So I think what you can say to that other people here is like, something's here hmm. and the people are missing. We might be in danger, but I don't know exactly what form that danger takes. Here's the stuff we need. What are we going to do about it? Because now the, the, the stakes have been heightened to <laughs> your immediate uh, area is not safe. I've, I've got, like, a minute that I can keep this going, so, like, if something tries to attack us, like, right now, I can let us know that it's it's coming, but that's about it. We're gonna need to decide something quickish. Yeah, Aze will cast Locate Animals or Plants. Um, it, Basically, he can just describe a type of beast or plant, and then I will learn the direction and distance to the closest creature of that kind within five miles if any are present. So he is going to uh, get his star map out. It's the same orb as yesterday. Roll in his hand. The uh, the stars outside blink in a sort of a series of patterns and sort of like uh, the, the, the image of a horse kind of appears in there as he focuses his thoughts to try to glean where any horses might be if any are nearby. Yep, there absolutely is one nearby. Can you actually roll me animal handling before I paint you a picture of how this goes down? Uh, animal handling. Sure, I can roll animal handling there. That would be a natural 20 on animal handling. Holy shit. All right, so the party investigates the scene thoroughly. You recognize something happened here. Nothing was taken. Uh, the horses were cut free, and the people disappeared. Aza, you pull out your crystal ball star map, and a, a constellation of a horse appears in it as you cast Locate Creature. Uh, you think hard about horses, and you feel one's presence in the boreal forest nearby. So the horses were cut free, and they ran off. One of them just went down the path and is too far away now to catch up with. Mm -hmm. But the other one... Uh, ran off into the the taiga and is you know lost in the woods and you just walk effortlessly directly towards it through the trees. Um, if there was danger here, nothing messes with you as you hold the star map out in front. It's shining and you just walk right up to it as if 
you know, greeting an old friend and <laughs> the horse uh, is it? I'm trying to think now because I didn't know how well this was going to go. Is this horse uh, any particular special horse or is it just a normal horse? Well, I mean, it, it's I'm going to assume that because of the nature of the world, it's not like just any horse or something off. Of, there's something about it. It's horse plus something else, probably. Or well, yeah. So last season we had we had special horses. They were shark horses. Mm. So they were like blue horses with uh, rows and rows of sharp teeth. And instead of like a mane of fur, they had fins across their like head and back. If you, with a crit, want to befriend a shark horse, knock yourself out. I mean, Ozzy's already befriended one animal. Let's go ahead and just bring in a shark horse into the conversation here. All right, yeah. So you find the shark horse. Uh, it still has, like, its bit and bridle and, like, uh, blinders on. And so it's, like, you know, it's ready for duty. And you can, like, kind of grab onto it and guide it back. And it trusts you with your crit. So, like, it just feels your druidic energy. Um, and it's just, like, trusting. And you walk it back to the road and you can tie it up to the cart and uh, take the, the carriage to take the, you know, the cart back up to Grendel if you want. Is that how you all want to handle this? <sighs> Powerful magic. The horses were cut free. Whoever was on the cart got out and then disappeared or otherwise no longer left footprints. Can I, so Arcana, can I use that to investigate? No? Yes. Uh, to Arcana could be used potentially, and this is up to Austin, obviously, but to try to maybe understand the nature of the magic that was used around the scene. A natural 20 plus seven. Christ almighty. Is that the third crit? Fucking <laughs> good rolls tonight. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So I think how this works is because earlier slime established how she investigates a scene is by throwing her slime everywhere and then sucking it back in. So she has an interior, interior 3d model of it. I think, uh, knowing that there's like magic residue, you try it again, this time trying to model the magic residue in your slime. Mm. Oh man, this is really, it's like luminol, you mm. know? I don't, yeah. I, I, mm. My understanding is that the way it's portrayed in like CSI isn't actually accurate. I don't know enough to, to explain it in detail, but this is like CSI luminol mm -hmm. where you can, <laughs> it sticks on the magic in the air and it kind of makes this path. Um, and I think what you see is that the magic uh, came out of the cart. So huh. could this be a, a magical explosion? Like they had some sort of magic, magical item or storage, like storing magic or a magical item that exploded? By accident? A, cr a creature that escaped, maybe? Ah. Or a person escaping. If the source of this is the cart itself, then perhaps bringing it back to Grendel to understand it better might help. Who better to know why things have exploded than me? Hmm. All right, so vehicle proficiency. What's up? Vehicle proficiency? To, to to drive the cart and horse back to town. Ozzy, I guess, uh, advantage because the shark horse is your friend. You've got friendship, which is the most important role benefit of all. Ozzy is, Ozzy is going to close his eyes, focus on his uh, focus on his star map for a moment to give himself guidance for, for just a moment <laughs> and give himself a bonus D4 to this check. Uh, so let's see what we get here. Roll D20 plus D4 twice. Uh, and he rolled a 19 twice. So 
Uh, so Aze, you tie the shark horse back up to the cart and you get in. Mm-hmm. Um, the the genius of Grendel wants to investigate the cart, so everyone can pile in and you can take it back up the mountain to the village uh, as the snow clouds close in and this road becomes impassable, trapping you all in town for the winter. The last thing is like the, the cart rolls into town as the the snow starts coming down in earnest. Let's hope we've not brought our own downfall inside the town. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to former cast member Leon about this season, and I was like, it's, sm- it's set in a small town. And he goes, with a dark secret. It, it, feels, <laughs> it feels very much like you've just encouraged us to bring the Trojan horse inside the walls of Troy. It's a shark horse. It's not Trojan. Well, yeah. We, 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 we already brought one Trojan horse into all this, and it's a Trojan um, Mercolian. So, you know, we. <laughs> Everybody come in. All right. All right. So. Chris, I need you to take the floor. Paint us a picture of the genius of Rendell's workshop in all of its fine detail. I'm going into my mind palace. Okay, so from the outside, this place looks like just a crap shack. Like, like just fucking, it, like there's holes in the walls and like the, the paneling isn't like centered or like, you know, like like organized or anything like that. Like it's a lot of like, Oh, this broke. So, like, I'll, hit, I'll put a hammer and just a big old board. Now, cover up that hole. Like, <laughs> it looks awful from outside. When you go inside, I don't know how else to describe it other than imagine if somebody just threw like a shit ton of Hot Wheel tracks around and it goes like up and down and all over. And then in different locations, there's just like crazy looking experiments and like lights going on in one place and like electricity crackling in another. And it doesn't seem to have any form or logic in how one would traverse it. But the genius instinctively knows the perfect route to get to everything, basically. Mm -hmm. One would almost say it would be a hellscape for anyone but the genius to be to try to like maneuver around here. This this sounds very similar to how Neelith keeps our kitchen, just organized chaos. Some of like some, some of the tracks feel like they don't follow the rules of gravity so well either okay that's maybe a little more than the the kitchen <laughs> well with with enough with enough inertia gravity is just you know is is a uh, is a is optional you know it is only a theory <laughs> uh Aze's going to just guide the uh the car to wherever uh the genius wants him to guide it before uh detaching the horse from it and taking the the hammerhead shark horse aside so that the genius has full reign on whatever uh they want to do to the cart oh actually i was going to say looking at the genius of grendel's sheet you have proficiency with alchemist supplies alchemy being essentially medieval for science i know it's more complicated than that but that's what i think uh will be the best uh application of your tools here in your workshop uh 18 yeah, very good. Okay, so describe to me what how you do this, and I'll tell you how it works out. So they roll the, the cart into your shop. The shark horse is let loose and kind of taken to safety, so you can do your thing. What's your thing look like? Uh, so I imagine uh, there's almost like equipment being strapped to the cart that, like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, this is like a mechanic. I lift it up on, like, the, the, the hydraulics to get underneath it, but 
that seems lame. So instead, I'm going to attach jetpacks to the side of the cart to lift it up into the air so I can kind of get underneath it and start doing some some examinations. Uh-huh. And then eventually when it lands, I want to just start doing like ballistic tests from like the center being like, hmm, here's what would have happened if it exploded from here. And then just like testing various things. A couple explosions happen and things like that. And the genius seems so happy that it's happening. I, I take when you take the 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 the. Any like the food stuff, like the the flesh fruit, out before we do this, or do you leave that in there for the experiment? Is that necessary? Hmm. I'm here for the experiments. You guys have everything else. All right, all right. Roll initiative. Ooh. Let's see. Let's see <laughs> who gets the first jump on what to deal with here. All right. Okay. So you put jets on the cart to boost it up off the ground. You roll on it like what a crawler, I think it's called. If they they are now they are now called crawlers. So congratulations on defining that. <laughs> you get under it to like check out its system. You're like running tests. Things are exploding, and the rest of you are standing around, kind of watching this happen. Uh, when something comes out of the cart uh, from all of the assembled stuff, I think Ozzy, the thing you were saying is like, oh, should we remove the flesh fruit from the? And then something bursts out, and what it looks like is, is first seems like some kind of swarm. Like maybe if some of you have seen like locusts before and you're like, oh, it's like white locust. And then you look closer and it is unmistakable that what the swarm is, is grains of rice. Oh. Uh, and so from the this, this merchant's cart, uh, just a swarm of rice comes out with seemingly malicious intent. But Slime, you want initiative, so you have an opportunity to intervene. Hmm. Austin, I have a very important question to ask you. Absolutely. Is this the fighting foodion season? I don't know what that means, How but do you it might not know fighting foodions. I I don't, I've never heard that, but that might be at least this arc. It's not the season. Austin, I've got something much more important to share with you. It's not called a crawler; it's called a creeper. A creeper. Thank you. I knew I knew it was close, but wrong. <laughs> fighting foodons is a Japanese manga series. Blah blah blah. It was adapted into an anime. Okay, I've never heard of this, but yes, this you is- just need to listen to the opening where they scream fighting food ons over and over. That, that, that sounds like, that sounds like how it, it would be localized. Yes. Yeah. It, it's just imagine f- plates of food on top of human bodies fighting each other. So we're fighting grains of rice flying in the air. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. so I choose to cast ray of sickness with a plus seven, to the hit. So I'm going to roll a 20 plus 7, correct? Yes. Um, one thing you might, you could also keep in mind, Amari, are you going to cast this as a first, second, or third level spell? The higher sp- slot you use, the more damage it does. Alright, I want to use the highest slot possible to protect my co-worker. Okay, so also for the people at home, the the sheet you've seen of Slime does not have Ray of Sickness on it. I think Skitch and Mari got together between episodes and gave her some more spells. What I do is little, like, pustules develop on my yellow slime, and it just squirts it at the, at the cloud of rice, and it just fucking wrecks it. <laughs> It, there's also another thing that it does too, and that is that the cloud of rice has to make a constitution saving throw um, against, uh, it will be against 15 to avoid becoming poisoned from the ray of sickness. Nine. 
So now it's poisoned as well. Yeah, I was also going to say, as a food-based enemy, it makes sense to me, because this is all custom and I make the rules for this, <laughs> is that food is weak to, to necrotic, which is death. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, actually, you did 34 damage, Slime. Yes! Um, because you spray this sick, like, pustule juice on this pristine snow-white rice that comes out of here, and it is immediately gross, and I think recoils from you as if in horror. Uh, definitely, like, animalistic. It seems like it has a mind. Um, in some way. Even better for my digestive purposes. The other thing to know is that because it's now poisoned uh, for the for the moment is that it uh, um, has disadvantage on any of its ability checks and attack rolls for the next round. So until the end of Slime's next turn. So uh, at the end of your turn, Slime, something happens called a legendary action, which is because we so often have few enemies. Uh, I let the enemies attack you at the end of your turn. It's an action economy thing. We talk about this every season is my enemies hit very hard, but they have relatively low health, which makes fights go faster and I think feel more naturalistic. Um, so I'm going to attack you, Slime. Uh, 18. Uh, that's with disadvantage, though, so it has to roll twice and take the lower. That's true, because it's poisoned. 18. <laughs> 23 <laughs> was the other one. <laughs> that hits. Uh, 19 damage. <laughs> I have no visible reaction. Yeah, so the rice uh, recoils in horror as you hit it with the, these disgusting pustules, and then it stops in the air, kind of collects itself, and then fires at you like like a swarm of bullets and just rips a bunch of those tiny holes through you. Uh, but you, you do not respond, and it's the genius of Grendel's turn. I would like to roll an arcana check to understand the sentient race swarm history is actually the check i'm going to ask from you okay uh 26 perfect yeah i i think that you put two and two together here you understand that it's magical in some way that it seems to have uh unusual abilities it has language because uh, now you understand that what <laughs> the thoughts Neelith detected were from this thing hiding in the cart and I think you can tell everybody that this is a yokai oh oh yokai are a kind of a magical creature which has they have very many forms uh they take uh <laughs> they have a lot of different attributes. It's not a simple category. Uh, it's like, you know, demons or something, which encompasses many different subtypes. But they often uh, are domestic in nature. There's like an umbrella yokai. There's like a shoe yokai. There's a, there's a bunch of things that you'd see in your day to day. Yeah, so I don't know if this yokai exists in like wider culture, but I know it exists in the game Yokai Watch. Mm -hmm. um, there is, uh, in the game, they call it Cheek Squeak. <laughs> yeah, it's a butt. It's a butt. It's got a butt for a face and it farts out its mouth. Yokai can be like animals. They can be like household objects. They're often just shapeshifters who take on any kind of guys. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of variety in this class of creature. But I think that's what the genius of Grendel realizes with his 26 history is you're dealing with a yokai that stole onto the merchant's cart, killed them. Uh, they were able to save the horses before they were killed. Uh, but then this thing just hid back in the cart and is now attacking you. Mm. Uh, so we're an exorcist manga now, <laughs> which is good. There's not enough of them. Um, I well, So do I understand that these things are, are sort of like 
evil monsters or can they be reasoned with? Oh, there's a wide variety. Yeah, that's that's a question. Is there are good ones? There are evil ones. There are nuanced, complex ones. There. Are... Hello, I would like to talk to you. Uh, yeah, it doesn't understand your language. It does have language, but it doesn't understand you. Um, I want to try to touch this creature in like a, a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. I want to just have something in my lab explode. Like, I just want to blow something up and see if this creature also lives on the notion of mutual interest in things exploding and chaos. Okay, here's what I'm going to say so that the action economy isn't totally ruined by the genius doing a thousand skill checks. Is that uh, if you want to make something non-damagingly, not a word, not doing damage as it explodes to test its reaction, you absolutely can do that. If that's what you want to do, just yeah, do absolutely. I'm gonna use like uh, so they're gonna like go over and they're gonna find I don't know like a like a fucking lava lamp or something like that <laughs> and just turn a switch and it just fucking explodes. And then the genius will turn and they're gonna have a big stupid grin on their face. That's wonderful. Uh, so the, what that that kind of reaction that provokes is the swarm turns its attention on you and tries to also run you through. I thought we were kindred spirits. Uh, that's a botch. Can I trap him in a box? Uh, you can certainly <laughs> try. Yeah, as a botch consequence, you tell me what you do. Uh, I want to like uh like they're gonna swarm at me and mm-hmm. I want to like grab a box. And I want to like let them fall like they fly <laughs> in the box, and I want to close it and just like duct tape it around like twelve times. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. I think uh, you pick up a box, and as the the rice swarms at you, you like you know catch most of it and tape it shut. And I think uh, it starts like squirming around inside. Let's let's suspend combat actually, uh, because you haven't defeated it, but the situation has changed so that we don't really need this order. Let's uh let's talk about the scene. There's a writhing box on the floor. It doesn't speak primordial. It speaks yokai is actually what it speaks. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, but none of you know that. So that might be a, a route to to explore going forward. Who might know in town? So the genius, you're trying to think of who you might consult about this problem when the box stops shaking. Oh. I sit on the box. <laughs> okay, you put your slimy butt on the box. <laughs> I would like to put one ear up to the box. You absolutely do not hear anything. I would make you roll perception, but no matter what you roll, uh, there's no chance of hearing anything because there's no sounds. In my mind, I'm like, this might be a possession yokai. I'm now curious if there's other food elsewhere going wrong instead of the rice. Where in town is there a lot of food to possess if you were a yokai that possesses food well i outside of town that would be the be be the farm but i'm guessing in town that's going to be the restaurant <laughs> Swallowed in their coats With scars of red tied round their throats To keep their little heads From falling in the snow And I turn round And there you go And Michael you would fall And turn the white snow red And strawberries in the summertime